question for you today. My name is Lucas. I'm, uh, I'm one of the pastors here at Evangel Church. If you're visiting with us, we're so glad that you're here. And I have a question for you. The question is this. What inspires you? What inspires you? We, we ask all the time, we, we want to be inspired to look more and more like Jesus every day. But I'm asking, what inspires you? There's something fundamental and raw about the need of the human being to be inspired towards something. It's a need. It's intrinsic. Because without it, there's hopelessness. Without it, there's despair. What inspires you? What floats your boat? What lights the fire in your life? What inspires you? I remember there was a season of my life where the one thing that inspired me, the one thing I wanted to do more than anything else, is I wanted to drive. Anybody else like me out there? My whole life I wanted to drive. As a little kid, I would sit in my uncle's lap on the farm truck out in the fields and I'd turn the big wheel. And it was one of those like old trucks. You know what I'm talking about? No power steering. And so I just reefed this thing. But it was so much fun. It lit something in me. And all I wanted to do since then was I wanted to drive. When I was, when I was my preteen, about 13, 12, 13, 14 years old, I washed the cars, my dad's cars, just about every weekend. And part of the reason I washed my dad's cars every weekend is he would let me, like looking back, I'm like, man, dad, you're brave. He would let me pull the cars out of the garage, back them out of the garage, okay? He would let me maneuver them around the driveway. And so in order to wash the car, I'd have to pull it out, pull it up to the hose, wash it, and then switch it out with the other car. And I just got like, even if it was just on the driveway, I got to drive. I was so excited. So when I turned 16, I, I turned 16 on May 24th. And on May 26th, I had my road test booked. Like I, that's all I wanted to do, I'm telling you. And so apparently, there's more to a road test than just knowing how to accelerate hard and brake hard in the corners, okay? There's, there's like laws and stuff. So I, I failed that first road test. I didn't take driver's ed. I didn't take any of that because that, you know, I didn't need that. And so I failed it. And I was devastated because this is like the one thing that I wanted to do. And so I quickly, as soon as I could, it was just a few days later, I had another opening. I got on a waiting list and the other opening, I went and guess what? Did you know that you're supposed to like, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, you're supposed to put your signal on when you're, when you're going past parked cars on a residential? How ridiculous is that? I didn't know that. But I did my whole test without doing it, and I failed again. On the third time, I got my license. But listen, I was the first person, even after three tries, I was the first of all my friends to get my driver's license. You know why? Because it inspired me. It inspired me. I, I wanted more than anything to drive. And since then, I've gotten my class two. I've gotten my class six. I just love to drive Machines, anything with wheels, I want to drive it. I hate being a passenger. I detest being a passenger. I have a passion. I have inspiration. I've always had inspiration to drive, and I enjoy it to this day. Now, last week, Pastor Lisa, she asked a question that has me thinking all week. It's had me thinking all week. And the question was this, what is your source? What is your source? And she talked about how when life squeezes you, whatever comes out is going to be a reflection of what your source actually is. 
It's when life squeezes you and when circumstances come against you. If what comes out is patience and love and generosity, guess what? Your source is rooted in the person of love and generosity and patience. The fruit of the Spirit being evident in your life. But if life squeezes you and other stuff pops out, Maybe we need to reevaluate our source, what we're plugged into. And I want to ask the same question just a little bit differently today. What is your inspiration? As we continue this series, Colossians, the wonder of the gospel, what gets you out of bed every day with a drive and a determination to do something of meaning and substance? I'm not talking about routine and stuff. I'm talking about meaning and and substance. What is your purpose today? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Let me ask you it this way. What inspires you to look more and more like Jesus each day? At Evangel Church, we have a vision that we aspire to be a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, encounter his love, and to look more and more like him each day. What inspires you? What drives you to look more and more like Jesus each day? And Paul understands the need to be laser-focused on this question. As we continue in Colossians, if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians. We're in Colossians chapter 1. If you're new with us, we don't put scripture up on the screen. That's just not something we do. We believe that you should have your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to get you one. We can get you a paper copy. If you have your phone, pull it out. Just go to myevangel.church, and under next steps, you're going to find a Bible page there. Click that, and you can get a great Bible. Right, Download it to your phone, myevangel.church, and just go to next steps and just go to Bible. And we'll have a great Bible that you can put on your phone. But why don't you follow along with us today? Colossians 1, verses 9 to 14. Here we go. And Paul's writing, And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Paul's writing to the Colossian church, and and Paul doesn't know the Colossian church. He hasn't met them. He didn't plant this church. He's heard of them. And so he writes a letter to them, and he says, And so, from the day we heard, and what's the priority of Paul's prayer here? He hasn't met them. He hasn't been able to influence them. He hasn't been able to teach them. So what does he do? He prays a prayer over them. And look at the priorities that Paul brings. His starting point He seems intent on pointing the Colossians back to the source, back to Jesus, back to the one who can give inspiration and clarity about the big God story that they've been called up into. The story of Jesus that they've now been called up into, that they've had revelation of. The word knowledge here means to know, to be familiar, to have recognition. Recognizing what? God's will. Do you see it? We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Why does God begin, why why does Paul begin his prayer here at this starting point? 
God's will. Because before anyone buys into anything, they have to be sold on the why. Before you buy into anything, you have to be sold on the why. Paul understands that the journey of looking more and more like Jesus every day has to start. It has to start with a really good why. Because it's out of that why that we then are inspired, that then we are determined, that we begin to do something with this faith that we've been called up into. Because without the why, without the inspiration, there's no drive for the journey ahead of you. There's no drive for this journey of faith. Simon Sinek, I don't know if some of you have heard of Simon Sinek. He's got a great book. It's it's called Start With Why. Start With Why. And he says this in that book. He says, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. They don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And he explains it with a three-run circle. And we're just going to throw it up on the screen. And he calls it the golden circle. As you can see, there's an arrow pointing from what, how, to why. And so he says most people, most businesses, most corporations, most organizations, most families, most church communities, they often from, start from the outside in. They go, what do we do? What do we do? And, and many of us have clarity around what we do. It's an easy to answer question. What do we do? Whether it's your spiritual walk or your workplace, your family, we, we can all define what we do. We can all define that. It's easy. It's simple. For instance, if you're a mechanic, any mechanics in the house? I'm just going to pick on you today. If you're a mechanic, what you do is you fix cars and keep them on the road. That's what you do. You fix cars and you keep them on the road. But then we go to the next circle, and it's the how. It's, it's talking about how we do it. Now, perhaps this can be a little bit harder to communicate, but pretty much all of us, if we give it five minutes, we can think through our lives, we can think through our work, we can think through our families, we can think through our recreation, we can think through our friendships, and we can go, this is how I do it. This is the procedure that I do. So, for instance, if you're a mechanic, you might say, I fix cars by by diagnosing the problem, replacing them with quality parts, and, and treating the customer with respect. That's how I do what I do. What I do is I fix cars, but I do it by diagnosing problems, fixing them with quality parts, and respecting the customer. But then there's so much more. Then there's the why. And too often in life, in family, in church, in community, in business, in operations, in in every area of our life, we're fuzzy on the why. We're fuzzy on the why. The what and how are never going to be the thing that inspires you for the long haul. The what you do and the how you do it will not inspire you for the journey of a lifetime. It just won't. Let's come back to our mechanic. Let's say our mechanic is making a commercial. Okay, so let's start. Let's start with what, and let's go to how, and then let's finish with why. And the commercial might go something like this, and this is so common. You know, it might be, lose garage. We fix cars, right? We fix cars. We offer a free diagnosis, use only the quality parts, and we'll get your car back to you in a timely manner while respecting you, our customer. Book an appointment today. 
Okay? That's typically how we hear so much of life and business and, 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 and people uh, when it comes to just their vision for what they're about. But let's, let's, let's flip the circle now really quickly. And Simon Sinek says, you know what? We need to start with why. We need to start with why because the why is going to inform the how and is going to exponentially grow the what. If you start with why, if you start with inspiration, if you start with deeper than something than just what and how. So let's, let's, take, uh, let's take Lou's Garage and let's, let's kind of just start with why with their commercial now, okay? I want you to hear the difference. At Lou's Garage, safety and reliability drive us every day. We believe the peace of mind of driving a reliable car is priceless. In order to give you peace of mind, we offer free diagnosis, use quality parts, and have your car back to you in a timely manner while respecting you, our customer. We do more than fix cars. It's our mission to give you peace of mind. Book an appointment today. Do you notice the difference? Do you notice the difference? It's not just a garage anymore. They may do the same thing as every other garage in town. But now they aren't just selling a fixed car. They're selling something so much deeper than that. They're selling peace of mind. In my opinion, nothing illustrates this better than Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. For those of you unfamiliar with the story, you can find it in Matthew 26, starting in verse 36, if you want to write that down. Matthew 26, verse 36. And Jesus is about to begin his journey of betrayal, his journey to the cross. He's about to do the hard thing that he came to this earth to do. And he knows that this is his upcoming reality. And so he goes to the Gethsemane and he prays. And, and these are the words that he prays in, in Matthew 26, 42. I want you to catch this. He says, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, he's talking about this journey to the cross. He's talking about this mission that he's been called to, this bigger thing that he's been called to, that he is walking in. If this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Your will be done. Listen, Jesus knew clearly, he knew very clearly what he was here to do. The what was salvation of humanity. The what was the salvation of humanity. Jesus knew very clearly how he was going to do it. He was going to be betrayed by someone in his inner circle. He was going to be abandoned by his friends. He was going to be publicly humiliated and mocked. He was going to be, he was going to be falsely accused. He was going to be beaten and flogged. And ultimately, he was going to take his last breath on the cross. He knew exactly how he was going to do it. And yet he still went through with it all. Yet he still went through with it all. He went through with it all because he didn't start with what? And he didn't start even with how. He started with a deep, inspired, and passionate why. He started with love. Selfless, unrelenting, unbridled love for his creation. That was Jesus' why. That was what inspired and drove him to the cross and to say yes to the will of God. It was his why that gave him the grit and determination to say yes to the how and to the what. And Paul's prayer in Colossians, Paul's prayer for you, is that you would be determined to know your why. 
That you would be determined to know your why, to dig deep into the knowledge of God's will, His wisdom, and spiritual understanding. That's where he starts. The what will become clear, the how will become clear when the why is firmly established. It's the why that inspires you. That's where the passion comes from. That's where purpose comes from. That's where the drive and the grit to say, I will take that hill. I will run through that wall. I will sacrifice and spend my life for this. Anyone who's ever done anything of great significance had a burning answer to the question why. Anyone who's ever done anything of great significance had a burning answer to the question why. Uh, in, in the prayer room, Andy had a great just quote. And he said, he said, there's two dates in life that are so just important. They're the priority dates. It was the day you were born and the day you learned why. The day you were born and the day you learned why. So I ask you again, what inspires you? What inspires you to look more and more like Jesus each day? What burns within you? On a side note, it, it was interesting, as I was preparing for this sermon, I was listening to an interview with, uh, Craig Rochelle was interviewing a man by the name of Chip Heath, and he just finished writing a book with his brother called Creating Moments, and he references a study at a Berkeley. And uh, there's a professor in Berkeley who wanted to just dig into just the motivation part of, of corporate life, and so he did a cross-section of 5,000 leaders and their managers. Okay, 5,000 leaders and their managers, and they asked just just direct questions about what inspired them, what deep down kept them going, what was their drive, where did it come from? You know what they found? This was interesting to me. Passion, passion was a motivator. Passion was a motivator. But you know what beat passion out of the water? Just completely like by double obliterated passion. You know, we tell the whole generation, do what you're passionate about, right? Do what you're passionate about. And this study actually found passion was secondary to purpose. To purpose. The leaders that were the most driven to do and accomplish the mission that they had set before them had a deep sense of purpose. It was actually double. Purpose doubled the incentive of passion. And I would say to you, what's your purpose? Discover not your passion, not just your passion. You know, if your purpose and your passion can align, that's fantastic. But I would say, if you're going to prioritize anything, discover your purpose. What drives you? What inspires you? Paul continues in verse 10. He says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Paul's first prayers into the deep why, the deep inspiration, the place that purpose comes from. And then he challenges the church to walk worthy of that calling. Let that why begin to reflect in every area of your life. Walk in a manner worthy of that call. 
bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might. I want you to notice the correlation between obedience and empowerment as, as Paul just unpacks this for us. Obedience and empowerment. When we decide to look more and more like Jesus every day, there seems to be a deepening of our why. I want you to notice this. Discover God's will for your life. Begin to press into that. And that inspiration that comes, that deep sense of purpose that comes as you press into God's will for your life begins to trigger that desire to begin to live worthy of the calling of Christ Jesus. And then notice where it goes from there. Worthy of the calling of Christ Jesus, fully pleasing to him, bearing every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God who is the source of your purpose. I want you to notice the cycle that's happening here. When you dig deep into the purposes of God, God's will for your life with wisdom and spiritual understanding, it will inspire you deeply. I promise you. It'll inspire you deeply to begin to live and act worthy of that purpose and that calling. And as you begin to act and live worthy of that purpose and calling, you begin to become closer to your source. You, become, you, you start taking obstacles out of the way between you and God until you grow in intimacy with God. And as you grow in intimacy with God, He's the source of your purpose. And so you deepen in purpose. And you deepen in intimacy. And it inspires you in greater measure to begin worthy, worthy, worthy. It's a cycle of a lifetime. This is how we live. This is how we're called to live. If you're doing the same things the same way year after year, you're missing something about the call and the purposes of God in your life. And I say this because last year, I wasn't sure if I was going to share this or not. I've shared it with some of you. Last year, at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of this year, Lisa asked me a question. We were out for a walk with the dog, and she asked me a question. And she just asked, what did you think? What was your take on 2018 for you? What was your take on 2018 for you? You know what my answer was? My answer is, if, if I could sum up 2018 for me as, as a leader, as a husband, as a pastor, as a man, as a child of Jesus, a child of God, you know what, you know what my answer was? My answer was maintenance. For me personally, maintenance is the word that best describes 2018. For me, maintenance. And in that moment, I said, no, 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 no. Okay, no more maintenance. I am not going into 2020 with that word describing my 2019. Because there is something deeper and more profound. There is something that, that I need to sacrifice for. That I need to live worthy of the upward calling of Christ Jesus in my life. What inspires you? Because it's just going to take a decision. For someone here, I, I just really believe, as I was praying before this service, I just believe there's someone here, you need to hear this. 
you just simply make a decision. You need to make a decision today. Don't, don't give me this, I'm gonna, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start when my kids are growing up a little bit and I'm not so just out of my mind. I'll start, I'll start when I retire because I'll have more time to just invest in this. Don't give me that garbage. You want to do something significant with your life, start today. Say, today I'm going to dig into the will of God for my life. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to do that. And as that inspiration, I promise you, as that inspiration begins to burn in your gut, you will start living differently, I promise you. You will start looking at the world differently. You will start moving differently. You will start courageously stepping out in faith and changing the world around you because your source is Christ Jesus. There's a cycle. There's a cycle. And if we make the decision to just jump into that cycle, let me tell you, God is going to use you mightily. And the purposes that he calls you to are going to be so much more fulfilling than the purposes you have in mind for yourself. What inspires you to look more and more like Jesus every day? Verse 11. Sorry, I'm getting my preach on, guys. I'm just, I, I, I'm just, I just really believe that there's, there's, there's people here, you need to hear this. Not from me, but from the Spirit of God. Not from me, but from the Spirit of God. Verse 11, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. You see, th there's, there's so much more here than just Paul motivating. Paul was not a motivational speaker. Although he did motivate, there's more here than just inspiration. Paul doesn't pray being strengthened with all your power. That you would be inspired and that you would muster up within yourself everything it took to do something of significance in this world. That was not Paul's prayer. He says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. When you begin down this path, when you make the decision to engage the Holy Spirit, when he brings inspiration and purpose to your life, there is a supernatural empowerment that comes from God. He begins to ask you to take mountains that are too big. He begins to inspire you to run through walls that are just too thick, to walk on a path that's too hard to bear. And yet he doesn't just dangle the carrot of inspiration and motivation. But he then is faithful to empower you for the task for the journey, for the impossible, so that even in the thick of it, even when we can't see past the obstacle, even when we, we pray like Jesus, Lord, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, I'll take it. I'll take any way out of this. And the what is just too hard, and the how is just so beyond us. Let me tell you, if your why is solid, if you have taken the time to dig deep into the purposes of God for your life, know what will be too big and know how will be too hard for you. Because God will empower you. When you make that decision to walk, inspired by your purpose, by your why, there's nothing that will stand in your way. Nothing that will stand in your way. Because it's not your purposes, it's His. It's not your plans, it's His. 
It's not your outcomes. It's his outcomes. There's a supernatural empowerment that comes from God. There's something significant that happens when we say yes to Jesus, inspired by our source in Christ Jesus. What inspires you to look more and more like Jesus each day? What inspires you to get up in the morning and to do something of significance in this world? What inspires you? What's burning in your spirit today? In verse 12, Paul says, Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I want to talk to you about thanksgiving for a moment as we close. I had mentioned a while ago about a prayer that I heard in the prayer room. It was such a simple prayer. Someone was just new to faith. And the prayer they prayed in the prayer was simply this, Jesus, thank you for my salvation. Jesus, thank you for my salvation. Thank you for my salvation. What a powerful prayer. And too often this journey of life can tempt us to take the journey of the cynic. Circumstances, broken relationships, woundedness. If we're not careful, if we just default to our human nature, we, we just become a cynic. And here's what you need to know about the cynic. The cynic has never accomplished anything of lasting meaning. That's what you need to know about the cynic. A cynic has never accomplished anything of lasting meaning. Bob Goff, he says it this way. He says, I have never met a courageous cynic. I've never met a courageous cynic. And when we find ourselves becoming cynical, it means we have let our why become fuzzy. We have let our circumstances win the day. The only antidote to cynicism is the declarations of thanksgiving. The only antidote to jadedness is gratitude. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Give thanks to the Father. Thank you that I'm qualified. Thank you that I'm delivered. Thank you that I'm your child, redeemed, forgiven. When you begin to prepare, Prepare gratitude with a wide, deep, rooted deep in the love and the will of the Father. You can do all things in Christ Jesus. And you can maintain an outlook on life that is full of hope and peace and joy. And cynicism has no place in that. When cynicism begins to take root, begins to distract you from the mission, you remind yourself, and you remind one another that you're bought at a price, called to a higher purpose, full of the empowerment of God, full of faith. Let your thanksgiving win the day, not your circumstances. So I ask you again, what inspires you to look more and more like Jesus each day? What inspires you to walk in the call, the upward call of Christ Jesus in your life, your purpose in this world? Today, 
can be the day that changes everything. Today, today can be the day that, that the trajectory, the direction of your life can change. And all it takes is you making a decision. To take the time to come before the spirit of truth and say, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Maybe you were like me. You looked at your 2018 and, and, and maybe, maybe your word was, was not maintenance. Maybe your word was worse. Maybe your word was, was two steps back. <laughs> maybe your word was, 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 was depression. Maybe your word was hopeless. Maybe your word was unlovely. I promise you, you take a moment to decide to just pursue the deep will of God for your life. He will, he will speak against all of that because you are profoundly gifted for particular assignments on this earth. He has called you for such a time as this to be an influencer in the world around you. And not just an influencer and a motivator out of your own story. No, out of his story. Out of his empowerment. Out of his anointing. I'm going to ask the worship team to come at this time. And as they come, I just, I just want to say that this means you have to do something. Last week, Lisa said, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes. Nothing changes if nothing changes. That's just the reality. That's life. It's hard. It's hard. If you want something to change, you have to make the decision to begin to change it. And the moment, I promise you, the moment you start turning to Jesus in that way, is the moment he will turn and he will run to you in such a significant way. The moment you take one step, he's already sprinting and covering ground to meet you where you're at and to take you on a journey of deep, profound purpose in his will for your life. We're going to listen to a song. We're going to just take a moment. And then we're going to pray for one another. And I'm just going to ask that you just take a moment to reflect. Reflect on your life. Take inventory. Reflect on what gets you up in the morning. What inspires you? What lights your fire? Let's just take a moment as Janine just sings this song and, and we reflect.